Welcome to our inaugural On The Move podcast from Women in Automotive Technology. My name is Lisa Franklin, co-host of On The Move. Hi, my name is Karolina Hachulska, and I'm your co-host as well. And welcome to our new show. I'd like to welcome our very first guest, Manuela Papadopoulos. She is CEO of Designated Driver, a real-time human-operated control solution for autonomous vehicles. She serves as an advisory board member for Automotive Los Angeles, where she pioneered the event's top 10 automotive startup competition. Manuela also sits on the advisory board of Udacity and holds a patent in voice-activated acquisition of non-local content. She is the co-founder of Sansi Consulting, where she provides guidance to a range of automotive companies and startups. Previously, Manuela led the global marketing effort as Director of Business Development and Communications at Electrobit, and previously at Microsoft as a global marketing manager, where she supported Windows Embedded Automotive, Forward Sync, and other automotive initiatives. She also served as marketing manager for both Mercedes-Benz and BMW. Welcome, Manuela. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Carolina. Thank you so much for having me and congratulations on starting this podcast. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, hear the series that you have lined up and I'm, again, thrilled and humbled to be uh, your first guest. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. It's, it's, it's great. So, Manuela, just we've heard your bio and it's extremely impressive. But it would be great to hear in several sentences from you, how did you arrive here? What's your background? Like, how would you describe yourself and your journey? I mean, as a kid, um, and it sounds so cliche that you start playing as a kid with toys and cars and that's where your your love for cars grows. But it's true. And, and I loved cars as a, as a little kid. And my dad and I were watching Formula One, I remember, in Romania, where I grew up. And uh, Europe was such a big market for Formula One and for racing. And, and I grew up in that environment of, of loving cars and changing the oil as a kid with my dad. So I really loved that part. Um, I also loved the freedom and the liberty that a vehicle gave you moving from point A to B, and also the thrill of hearing the engine. And if you had a really sport car, you could really have fun with it. So I enjoyed the cars as a kid. And then later, when I, uh, when I started studying marketing management, I, I had the opportunity to uh, do an internship for BMW. And that's when I really started working in the automotive space. It was the work that I did also with Daimler and launching the E-Class during the See the World with New Eyes when they introduced the new headlamps. And it was a transformation of the vehicle design. Uh, and that at that time, it was quite a big deal when you, when you reshifted the design of a vehicle. And also it was Daimler that had an advanced driver assistance systems um, in, in 2000 and 2002. So that was really exciting to see that kind of technology in the vehicle that was very different than the vehicle that I grew up with in a Dacia. And then later in 2002, I moved to uh, United States in Seattle and I started working for Microsoft and I saw the automotive world advance so much further because we've worked on the products like Fiat Blue and Me and Ford Sync and Kia Yuvo. And as you know, 
all of these have defined infotainment and have advanced uh, what we see as infotainment today and what we see as so common to have in a car, like a USB key and, and voice control and connecting your phone and using your phone as, as your computer in the car. So it was really incredible to see the transformation of the vehicle. And I wanted to be part of this transformation. And that's why I started Designated Driver two years ago with the focus of building uh, reliable, safe software solutions for the automotive world because we have advanced so much since I started working in this space in 96. Yeah, that, I mean, it sounds like you've had quite a journey. It, it, just even in the last few years, how has it changed, you know, it, considering autonomous and the, the impact of that? How have you seen, in general, uh, the, how the automotive industry is, has changed? Yeah. There certainly has been such a shift when you're looking at mobility and, and a lot of the companies, you have Waymo and Voyage, they had a recent announcement today about their, their new vehicle. And that's so incredible to look at robotaxis, how they're addressing some of the senior market and Waymo, again, accelerating the uh, advancement in autonomous systems, um, Uber, the way we are looking at using taxis today certainly has changed. Uh, the, the ecosystem has changed. Car makers are no longer working uh, alone in developing vehicles and the technology, but they have, start, have, have started partnering with technology companies. It started, I think, a, a while ago in 2005 uh, with Fiat working directly with Microsoft and introducing and creating a brand uh, around infotainment uh, like Blue and Me and then Ford with, with Sync that hey, it was so incredible. I remember some of the stats when, when I was at Microsoft and at the time in 2007, a Ford Focus equipped with Sync, the resale value of that vehicle was $250 more because of <laughs> Sync. How amazing is that? <laughs> Oh, wow. Smart radio helps sell a car, <laughs> right? And then fast forward to today, you see Tesla and the incredible work that, that Elon is doing with advancing also the electric uh, vehicles. And then more recently, the, the teleoperation side, which is very close to my heart because it's something that, that I'm working with on uh, right now with designated driver. But until maybe three years ago, a couple of years ago, teleoperations was an afterthought thought and probably that was it was reflected because of the maturity of the uh, autonomy industry at the time but now we see a massive shift in that and and we see quite a big advancement in autonomous uh, development and teleoperations now has become a major player when as, as as a technology player for for autonomy so it's quite incredible to see the shift from from a few years ago. And sorry, let's not forget about the cloud. <laughs> I live in a city where the, the cloud development is a big focus. You have both Amazon and Microsoft. Right. Yeah. And you guys live in the valley, so you've got Google. So the cloud, without the cloud, you couldn't have all of these applications and, and scaling uh, that that. Uh, we have today. So quite, quite an incredible advancement of technology. Yeah, it totally sounds like that. So um, it's obviously a lot of things have been happening both in your careers as well as in the, is 
as well as in the automotive industry, as well as in all the adjacent industry that uh, accelerated all those changes like the cloud you just mentioned. So over the course of those years, did you happen to have any mentor or did you happen to work with a person that really influenced your career? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> so many. <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> I think all of us have had that, right? I do yeah. want to give a big shout out to your initiative, um, the Women in Automotive Technology Group, and also to um, Linda Campbell and Michelle Avery. I've, I've admired the work that Michelle has done and, and that Linda has done, not just in their careers with QNX and, and Michelle leading both product and business uh, organizations worldwide. But the work that you're working currently on, the Women in Automotive Technology Group, is very close to my heart. So it's been a big example for me to take in my, in my life and my career because I love your programs on connecting, educating, and, and driving the industry forward by increasing diversity. So that's been quite, quite an exceptional example for me, at least. And then I really... I love the work that She's Mercedes uh, is doing in also empowering and in enabling equality and diversity. And I think that's, that's a big focus for the industry right now because you couldn't have the advancement of technology without having this diverse group of people working together. And when we're talking diversity, we're not just talking about women in automotive. We're talking about diversity of opinions, diversity of backgrounds, and um, diversity of culture. So it's really incredible to see how we're working collectively together on advancing technology. Absolutely. Did, did um, in your career, because you've had so many different types of experiences, you've been uh, an employee and now you're a founder and CEO of your own company. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the impetus to start your own company and what is it, what has it taken to do that? How did you actually start you know, did you have to do fundraising? How did you recruit? Like, what are the major steps that, that got you to where you are today? And maybe, you know, a little bit about that journey, because I'm, I'm sure people that are listening, you know, they've thought about this too. They thought about, well, I, maybe I'd like to start a company, um, you know, and I'm sure that people would be very interested to hear kind of your personal experiences. Well, it takes, it takes guts, <laughs> a, a little bit of insanity, um, and it takes also a lot of uh, trust in both yourself and the people that you surround yourself with. So there's a big difference between working for somebody and working for yourself, um, but also for working for yourself and having somebody work for you. <laughs> so um, I've done... All three. I'm doing all three except for the first part. I'm not employed by a big corporation anymore. But um, for me, it was the challenge uh, of doing something new and trying to push myself uh, to do something greater all the time. And again, I think it comes from how my family raised me and how the environment that I grew up in. And I really admired a lot of members of my family from my mom, from my dad and, and grandfather, my sister. So I really had a lot of role models in, in my family that um, I've learned a lot from and that allowed me to push myself um, I, I really, I would say that 
I say look at look at what you want in life. If 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 you want a comforting life without a lot of responsibility, then maybe starting a company is not for you. But if you are motivated by challenges and if you drive your best, you do your best job when you're most challenged and you have a lot of stress in your life, then maybe starting a company would be a good idea. I take a lot in my life and in my business. I take a lot from my private world when I go mountaineering and I go snowboarding and I challenge and I push myself there as well. I want to conquer new terrain and and even more aggressive mountains. So I I apply that in business as well. I, I find challenges for myself. I also want to contribute to the world of autonomy. So that's a passion of mine to advance the world of mobility because I care so deeply about the way we are building vehicles and the way we are moving people and goods around. So I would say find what you want to do, have big passion for it, study a lot, never stop learning um, because education is very important and uh, just do it. Surround yourself with people that are going to help you execute your dream, but also that are going to challenge you in times when you need to be challenged. Uh, One of my old bosses at Daimler once told me, Manu, A people hire A people, B people hire C or D people. So that really stuck with me and I've followed that in my entire career. I love to surround myself with people of value um, that also push me to be a better person, not just a good business person, but a better human being. Very inspiring. I actually wanted to um, touch base on something you said. You mentioned you were pretty much driven by challenges and it's amazing. I, I find it very inspiring. But we, we would love to understand what was, what do you consider your biggest challenge up to date was and what, you know, how did you overcome it? Where do we start? (laughs) I'm dealing with one right now. (laughs) Pick a challenge. How about that? (laughs) Well, again, there's, there's, there's challenges and then there's how, how you tackle them. So one of the challenges that I was faced with was when I, I, moved to United States, right? I left my entire family and my career and I moved to a country that I knew nothing about except for what was um, written in magazines in Romania and on TV. But, you know, we had very little information about, especially about Seattle. I only knew about Seattle that is the home of grunge, which I loved. (laughs) And uh, it's situated in one of the most beautiful areas in terms of nature. So, That's the only thing I knew about. And then it was a big challenge for me to start thinking about, right, well, I left the work at Daimler. Um, I had, you know, working in marketing on on incredible vehicles. Now, now what do I do here? So that was a big challenge for me. How How do I start again? So I decided that the best place to start is, again, education. So I continued my studies and um, I went to UW, University of Washington, and I studied public relations and communication because it is very important to understand how communication is done in the particular region that you are in. And while I've learned the basics during my university years of marketing and management, it's very different to apply it in the world that you live in. That big challenge was solved by the decision of going to school 
and create a network and prove yourself. And that's when I was recommended to uh, for a job at Microsoft uh, for the automotive business unit. That was a newly formed business unit. And that was really an incredible opportunity to work on the technology side of automotive and be part of some of the pioneer work that has been done when it comes to infotainment. Another challenge that I'm, I'm going through is how do you, how to run the business because we are bootstrapped. So you asked me about how do you go around raising money? We're, we are bootstrapped. So we started the company two years ago and we're funded by our customer projects and customer wins. And we're very fortunate to have an incredible suite of customers that are using our technology on public roads and that are using the teleoperations as an extension of their autonomy system. So I'm really, really excited about the journey, uh, but I know it's not even the, I'm not even at the summit. <laughs> I, still, <laughs> I still have long ways to go to the summit. <laughs> yeah. And the, there's one thing that one of my guides said last year when I summited Mom Baker, she said, you know, guys, we need to think about that. It's not the goal is not to reach the top. The goal is how do you return to the base? So I'm not saying how do you crash and burn? <laughs> how do you go back to where you started? It's it, the journey is greater than and, and longer and more strenuous than just reaching the top. How are you dealing with uh, some of the, the challenges that are put in front of you on your way down to the base camp? That is actually a great, um, you know, something to picture, like trying to summit successfully and get back down and how that relates to life. I mean, I know that for designated driver, your team is kind of distributed in different places, Seattle, Portland, mm -hmm. Silicon Valley, and, and beyond. Maybe you could talk a little bit about how do you manage that? How does that impact, you know, doing business and working with, uh, you know, people in your company and yeah. your customers? Great question. So we're spread and that's true, but that's also intentional. I'm fortunate to have an incredible team, right? A people. Uh, our CTO is Walter Sullivan and I've worked with Walter at Microsoft and at Electrobit. Walter's uh, created the software architecture for Fiat Blue and Me and Sync and Kia Uvo and has incredible knowledge in, in automotive building, automotive software platforms. And then I also have a fantastic team of, of engineers and folks that have worked in robotics that I fully trust to be able to uh, run the, the projects on their own. And again, we're doing teleoperations. The purpose of the company is to build software that allows people to be remote, to remotely drive uh, vehicles, uh, no matter what kind of vehicles, whether they're robo-taxis or shuttles or mining agriculture. So I think it helps to have that in our DNA because we're very self-sufficient. We're looking at expanding our company and growing and um, maybe looking at other regions of the world. Uh, we started looking at Germany when we again worked with Vistion last year. Unfortunately, that was that took a little break because of uh, COVID. <laughs> so, uh, but we are looking at expanding in other regions. And I think, again, it's because you put the right people in the right place and you empower them uh, with a lot of responsibilities. And if they're doing a good job, you let them do that. If they're not, you need to reassess and identify uh, another person that's able to fit that role. Talking today, there's, it's impossible not to ask about one thing, COVID. 
So we were wondering, you know, what was your, uh, what was the impact of COVID on the industry? It's pretty broad and we could probably spend hours talking about that. But what do you think was the impact of COVID, you know, on teleoperations and, and something that is closer to your heart? Um, mm-hmm. Did you observe any, any significant changes here? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like you said, COVID is making us also rethink the way we are working and we're all now very good at working remote and I think we're all mastering Teams or Zoom or <laughs> other <laughs> communication channels. And um, But from, from my perspective and from the way that it affected designated driver, I would say it's not negative because, again, we were very good at working already remotely and, and working on various projects at the same time, no matter where the customer was. But it did affect some of our customers, uh, customer integrations or deployments. So Texas A&M has put a break on the, pun intended, <laughs> put a break <laughs> on the deployment of the shuttles in city of Bryan, Texas. Uh, they were transporting people downtown and they were using now, they started using the shuttles without any people in them, but to capture data and to perfect their autonomy system, which is an incredible effort if you think about it. When it comes to the deployment I was talking about with Vistion in Germany, it allowed us to work a lot on simulation because we weren't able to travel to Germany and and integrate our technology in in some of their vehicles. We had to work a lot on simulation. So we further developed that part of the product. So it's not all bad. It allowed us to focus a lot on product development and feature development and also win new business, uh, which we've been very busy doing. That's great. And I like what you said, that uh, now we have more trust in doing work remotely. And this is something you've been, you know, you've been literally working on for exactly on it. So that's great. Lisa, over to you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. I mean, this maybe accelerated some of that. And in fact, how do you think, I don't know if it's through COVID or teleoperations, because we were on a certain path before the pandemic, but where do you think you know, automotive, given what we've talked about with the cloud and autonomous and mobility, where do you see this in the next five years? Also, given that we're still in the midst of this pandemic, do you Mm -hmm. see certain trends developing or being pushed out farther? What do you think? Well, I think, again, we're going to continue to see big advancement in autonomy. And I think, again, Voyage through their announcement today with the robo-taxi and most recent announcement of uh, Daimler partnering with NVIDIA to further advanced autonomy. Um, what we're doing with teleoperations for any vehicles, any, any industry, whether it's mining, agriculture. So we'll see technology developing further in the next years. And I think COVID also allowed us to better redistribute our resources and Take, um, take a good look at our resources that we have and probably do a better job at assigning projects, resources to various projects. So when it comes to how the, the world of autonomy would look like in the next three to five years, I, I thought that the robo-taxis will be uh, taking a break, but I think Voyage has kind of proven us wrong on that, <laughs> which is great. But I, I think, I still think that we'll see, we'll see the vehicles being redesigned in, in, 
at least the interior, to accommodate this new world of pandemic that we're living in. We're also going to see more emphasis on autonomy for uh, delivery robots and for trucks and for uh, some of the agriculture equipments. Yeah, it makes, makes perfect sense. Um, and I, I like your comment because I think in the past we've seen a lot of development around the software for, for the self-driving uh, technology. And it's like you said, uh, I think now the hardware will have to follow up both to uh, adapt to the COVID situation as well as mm-hmm. to adapt to uh, to maybe a new use cases uh, mm-hmm. like the delivery or, or just brand new use cases if, if we're using robot taxis yeah. um, and using vehicle completely differently. Mm-hmm. Um, with all this in mind, what do you know? You you've achieved a lot in the industry. So, what would be your uh, two pieces of advice for somebody that is young and just starting in in this space? I would say again, if have have a passion and and have a hobby and learn from that, apply it in your in your work. It, it really has helped me a lot. Challenge yourself, uh, no matter what you do, and always strive for the best. And uh, I would say, don't be afraid to ask questions and ask for a raise or for a better job or for a title, whatever you want to and what you're looking for. And don't be afraid because you can always start again if you're failing. It's not even a failure. It's, you can always get up, brush yourself and keep going. Um, that's what I've done. And I'm sure that I can do that again, start fresh again. Um, even if I had to move to a different country, I, I think I'd be able to do that. And that's because I'm not afraid of going back to nothing. <laughs> and um, I also reckon, I would say one of the, the, another big piece of advice that I would give people is understand and respect your strengths but also know your weaknesses and the areas that you need to work on because that's very critical and you're gonna, it's going to help you succeed. When I was at Electrobit, I was working on marketing, global marketing organization, and I've decided that I wanted to go on business development and help the company establish that organization. And I had no knowledge on financial models and building up business plans for, for a big segments, having worked in, in marketing communications. And I went back to school. I went to UW for nine months and, and took business development. And I've studied a lot and started working in that field and implemented a lot of the things I've learned, but also a lot of the things that I thought were good for that organization, for that company. So don't be afraid to start something new if it's something that you want to do, but understand the areas of weakness and work on them. Don't hide them. That's uh, inspirational, I think. Thank you. So we are going to try something, if you don't mind, that's just a little quick fire to end this conversation. Just some like, just top of mind, little quick answers. Uh, okay. If, if, okay. Sounds good. Do you have like those All cards right. that you can raise and <laughs> like one of those games? I love them. Okay. <laughs> you have a wheel um, that you're spinning with the questions. <laughs> well, my first one is your favorite mode of transportation, but you can be very specific in terms of brand if you want to go down that far. But your snowboard. favorite mode of transportation. My Jones snowboard. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> your favorite city or area for transportation. Mount Baker. 
Oh, all right. <laughs> the coolest technology you've seen or heard about or used in the past year? Teleoperations by designated driver. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And another woman that you admire? My mom. I love her. She's amazing. She's still working at 70 and she's just incredible. That's great. Thank you so much for talking with us. That's it. Wow. That was great. I'm so happy for the podcast and for your initiative. Again, I admire both of you. I, I love and I applaud your, your new podcast initiative. And I'm grateful that you allowed me to be part of it. I thank you very much. Yeah, no, th thank you so much for, for coming and agreeing to be uh, our inaugural guest. So um, but before we finish, if our listeners wanted to learn more about you or Designated Driver, what's, what's the best way? Yeah, uh, designateddriver.ai is our website and they can find me on LinkedIn uh, and also they can find the company on LinkedIn. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Cara. Um, Thanks, Lisa. Thanks. Okay, so if you like what you've heard, please make sure to subscribe and forward this podcast to a friend. Stay tuned for what's to come. Bye.